you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? I'm James Coe. You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We're back and doing it live every single week. I'm James Coe. We're going to go around the horn. MG in the house. Marcus Grant, the whiz kid from Wisconsin. Alex Gelharn, of course, the Hall of Famer himself. Michael Fabiano. Did you guys see Game of Thrones last night? I did not. Awesome. I, I, you know, this is the thing. Awesome. I, you know what? I actually, believe it or not, I actually stopped watching the show consciously what? after the Red Wedding because I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going to let these guys play with my – here's, here's what it really came down to. James Coe's a softie and he gets to it. So no, it is. No, it is. It, and that's really what it comes down to. This is the thing. I'm like, I shouldn't be this upset after a, a television show. That's how you know it's good. Yeah. When exactly. it tugs at your heartstrings like Right, that. man. After the red wedding, I said, Nope, I'm out. So spoiler, on this pa- on this past episode, <clears throat> somebody dies. <laughs> Probably somebody that we all like as well. That's <laughs> what stinks. I don't I don't I, I can't get behind it. This you last know, episode may have had one of the most disturbing deaths. Which is saying something. We don't need to get too Why deep. However, are it's, we giving spoilers? It's hard. We, well, very we popular. It's Game of Thrones. Everyone dies at some point, right? Balar Morghulis. Spoiler throw. So. Spoiler alerts for Game of Thrones. That's that's not how you get podcast listeners, folks. <laughs> well, hey, we didn't dive into anything specific. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, can we talk? What else are we talking here? Uh, I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking fantasy football. Marcus Grant, what else? Are, what else are you watching on television? Listen to on the on the radio there. You know, I, I don't know. But True Detective is back in a couple of weeks. That'll be so. Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Season two. Wiz. Uh, got, I got Colin I gotta... Farrell and Vince Vaughn. Is it going to be a comedy? <laughs> Maybe not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> is this going to be the funny edition of uh, True Detective? It is. It's like you know the bloopers, the outtakes from the first season. It just needs a little music. That's it's going to be hard. A little be better than be the good. original. Uh, what I'm going to lob my hat in the ring for okay. on the old television there is Hannibal. Came back last week. If you're not watching it, get on it. It's fantastic. With good stuff. With Mad Men ending, with Breaking Bad being done, I it, it I know I'm, might, I'm I'm in a TV wilderness right it, now. It might be the best show on television. Right what? Wow. That's right. Threw all that right. out there. Okay. All right. All right. We'll we'll let the tweets roll in. Uh, let's talk about the top headlines for today. Devontae Parker had foot surgery last Friday. He's gone for June, July. Team says he should be good to go for Week One. Uh, the surgery was to replace a screw that was in his foot from last year. Same foot we're talking about. That injury forced Parker to miss seven games at Louisville last year. All right, so given the injury history, uh, I mean, I guess where do you draft this guy? Because I, I figure he's going to be universally drafted at some point here. But uh, where do you draft the guy and how comfortable are you drafting him? And we'll start with you, Fab. It really depends on what your expectations are. I wouldn't have taken him. Before the middle to late rounds, uh, at the at the best case in the best case scenario. Let's say he's healthy. Does so he go in before but, round ten? Yes, yes. Now the but with the foot it's injury. really close. It's really close. Well, keep in mind, 
there are a lot of targets out there in Miami. Uh, in fact, there's going to be a column up on NFL.com uh, where I talk about lost targets in the offseason. Okay. And no team had more targets lost in the offseason than the Dolphins because of all the turnaround that they had in that offense in the pass attack. So there's a lot of opportunities out there oh, for Jarvis Landry, for Jordan Cameron, uh, Kenny Stills, for uh, How about Greg Jennings? Yeah, but I'm. I know. I know. I know. Spend a fifteenth round flyer on the guy. Oh or? no, he's going to be gone before that. Okay. He's well, that's what I'm trying. To, that. That's what I'm trying. Right. To that's what I said. Here, I said right around the tenth round. Okay. Right that, around the tenth. He, he's going to be drafted somewhere in that area unless someone's in love with him. MG, what do you think? Uh, you know, I I think he's. I would love him a lot more in a dynasty league where you know he's going to be there for a couple of years. You have him on your roster. My big concern is with him missing all of training camp. If he were a veteran guy, I wouldn't be concerned with him missing training camp right. much. It's it's him as a rookie and getting that rapport with a quarterback, right. trying to figure out where he sits in the pecking order with guys like Jarvis Landry and Kenny Stills and Jordan Cameron and all those guys that are there now. That, that still has to sort itself out, and he's missing a lot of valuable time. And, and he may be a really talented guy. I don't know that he's an Odell Beckham who comes in after missing a few weeks and just lights the world on fire. So he's a guy that maybe I take a chance on. I mean, he is one of my last picks like before I go kicker defense. I mean, he's like that guy. So for 13th me. round? Something like that. 13th round. Yeah. All right. And so and Fabs, you you think he's going to be gone by 13? Yes. Okay. Yep. Too, much, too much talent, uh too much upside. Uh, this uh, you know, we have to make sure that that foot's not a problem. Right. I don't know if he gets taken that early, though, because, like you said, there are so many mouths to feed in that Miami offense now. Who's got and the most upside of all those guys, though? It's Parker. I really think it's is Parker. Is it, though? More than Landry? Kenny, Kenny Stills too. was turning I like it on Kenny last Stills, man. A lot, yeah. See, the reason I, I would love Stills Kenny Stills, except for the fact that Ryan Tannehill can't throw the deep He's ball. a one-trick pony. No, he goes he, deep, he and that's it. That. That's that. That was what he used to be. But last year, he was refining his route running and making a lot of a lot more difference in the intermediate routes. I'm not a fan. Here's the deal. I'm not a fan. For me, I don't think – I don't even think he's draftable. I mean, I look at this. I look at this roster. You look at Jarvis Landry in the slot. Kenny Stills running, uh, you know, deep routes. Greg Jennings. I, I don't know how much juice he's got left, but he's got a little something. Um, I, again, uh, a lot of mouths to feed there in Miami. And again, we're talking about Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, Marcus, you you mentioned it. How well can he actually throw the football? We're not a hundred percent sure. Uh, he had a pretty solid year last year, but. Um, you know, what is Devontae Parker, what, what's the upside? I don't see a ton of upside, maybe late in the season. But, I, again, if we're talking later in the season, Devontae Parker, to me, looks like a waiver wire ad. I mean, how much can you, you know, roster spots in fantasy football are valuable, man. And you can't let this, you can't let a roster spot just be rotten there for, for a backup Wide receiver three, maybe a flex guy, maybe a flex guy. In PPR, maybe it's something a little bit different. But I think in standard leagues, I don't know if Devontae Parker's draftable. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's tough. And, and I mean, I love the guy's potential. I think he's sure. awesome. And, and, I, and I, I just don't think it's this year. And it's everything about this surgery that changes the whole deal. Okay. You know, if he were healthy coming into camp and, and he were going to get a full training camp under his belt, then I would feel perfectly okay taking him as maybe a, a flyer, as a flex guy. But with him not being there until possibly week one, 
I'm just a little nervous about that. I'm going to muddy the waters and actually weaken my own argument here, but that's okay. <laughs> Julio Jones had a very similar procedure done in 2013. Last year in 2014, I mean, he bowled out. Uh, six touchdowns wasn't great, but I tell you what, 1,600 yards basically, played 15 games. He was pretty healthy. Um, I mean, he did suffer a couple of injuries here and there, but they weren't foot-related, you know what I mean? So, um uh, again, that does muddy the waters a little bit, although I would, of course, argue that uh, Devontae Parker. Like, do, you, do you believe Devontae Parker is Julio well, Jones? Probably not. <laughs> I'm just looking Julio. at upside. When you're yeah. talking about the 10th round, you're okay. talking about a guy who's going to be the fourth wide receiver on your roster, mm-hmm. and what other scrap is going to be out there? You're going to draft Danny Amendola? I mean, you Negative. go out and you take a, a chance on a young kid who's got a really good shot at being a starter. Maybe yeah. not to begin the season, but at some point in the season – uh, you, you've got Greg Jennings, who's certainly on his last legs. Landry in the slot. Yep. Stills to, uh, you know, beat defenses vertically. And sure. That's your starting lineup. Okay. Uh, let's move on. San Francisco, Anthony Davis, just 25 years old. Niners starting right tackle Anthony Davis taking a semi-retirement. He said he wants to step away for a year or two, let his brain and body recover. San Francisco is left with a seventh-round pick. Getting first-team reps there now. How much does that scare you off of someone like Carlos Hyde or even a Colin Kaepernick? Uh, do I have to talk about my football team right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just hurts my heart. Everyone is retiring. You know, like they don't have a team left. It does. It makes me a little bit nervous there. I mean, you know, Carlos Hyde was supposed to be – he's the heir apparent, obviously, to Frank Gore, who's yep. now in Indianapolis. But yep. now with – you know, they don't have a lot left on that offensive line from what they had a couple years ago when Frank Gore was still a force in San Francisco. And it makes me nervous for Carlos Hyde. makes me nervous for Colin Kaepernick. I mean, one of the things I saw from Kaepernick last year is that for a dude who's allegedly fast, he got sacked a lot. So <laughs> a lot. now they have even less in that on that offensive line. So it impacts Hyde. I think it impacts Colin Kaepernick. Um, you know, they've got a wide receiving core that is less than frightening right now. I mean, I know they added Torrey Smith, but they're still – I think a lot think to be desired there. Bruce Ellington's their three right now, right? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's That's just rough. A, That's you know, rough. It's, it's, it's not looking good. I mean, this is a team that a couple years ago had a ton of fantasy value across oh. the board. Now they're yeah, yeah, questionable, not. you know? Gilhar. Uh, yeah, it makes me nervous. It, uh, you know, I kind of want to drop Hyde down a peg or two there because. But, so the, where do you take? Look, Carlos Hyde's getting drafted, period. Yeah, he's getting where, drafted. Where's he going, too. though? Uh, I think I think before all of these uh, retirement announcements, I think Carlos Hyde was a solid third round selection. I can't see him being a third round selection now. I mean, unless you're in a Bay Area league, I don't see Carlos Hyde going before round. Keep five. in mind, am, though, I, am I wrong in saying that? Offensive line is important. I mean, that's that's no doubt an absolute no brainer. Hello, but Dallas. it's not the be all end all. True. I mean, Miami's offensive line did not run block very well last year, and Lamar Miller was a top fifteen fantasy running back. So if you're looking at getting Carlos Hyde as your RB two, I still say third or fourth round. Still yeah, I was I was gonna uh, four fourth or fifth feels more comfortable for me now. There are probably wide receivers agree. I'd rather reach on or not reach necessarily, but there's wide receivers I'd rather take and get a more solid wide receiver two or wide receiver three, and then take Hyde and take a couple more running backs after him to lessen the risk of that offense imploding. Here's the other question, though. I mean, we have no idea what the Niner offense is going to look like now. No I mean, it's a completely different code. you got Jim Tom Sula there. Jim sure. Christ is the offensive coordinator. Um, I mean, I feel like this is one of the teams that you're really going to have to watch in the preseason to get a sense of how they're going to operate that offense this year. Colin Kaepernick, to me, is, a, is an interesting player because I felt like last year he forgot himself. 
Uh, he didn't. He he was trying to become that Jim Harbaugh. Run the ball, pocket. Pack. Run it, <laughs> run. And that didn't work out too well. I, I wonder if Tom Sula is going to take the handcuffs off of him and basically just say, "Hey, man, you know what? Let's play a little backyard football. Let's freestyle." That's what I expect. Let's freestyle a little bit. He worked with run. Kurt Warner in the off season, and Kurt's our guy here, and he knows a thing or two about productive. Uh, quarterbacking and uh, scoring fantasy points. so Which is so interesting to me because, you know, Kurt Warner, of all people, uh, awesome player. Mm-hmm. Love him as a player. Love him as an analyst here at NFL Network. But I tell you what, man, he you want to talk about statuesque, drop back, come on, uh, and, and throw deep down. That's him. I, I don't Who wins know, in I a don't... race between Kurt and Drew Bledsoe? <laughs> I'll give it to Kurt. I think Kurt wins. Kurt's got him. I think Kurt's got him. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is it, it, I don't get why Colin – I mean, I get why you want to get advice and, and tutelage, and that's cool. But um, I don't – can he – I'd be more comfortable if he learned from like a Donovan McNabb or something. A yeah. guy who could get out the pocket a little bit. Well, maybe, maybe he's just looking to Kurt to improve his presence in the pocket as a passer. Might be uh, true. Because Might be that true. natural ability as a runner doesn't really. Bottom line is, you know what, Colin Kaepernick does need the tutelage, so I get it. But, sure. uh, but, but yeah. So Colin Kaepernick, again, and Colin Kaepernick, his value and how much he runs and how much he freestyles, to me, will impact Carlos Hyde. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I mean, you're absolutely right. If he's doing the whole read option thing and, and freestyle a little bit, and, and Carlos Hyde is able to kind of uh, uh, pick and choose his way out of the backfield, and he gets a little dump off. Again, the, these are all things that help a running back's value. So you're right, Marcus. you got to really keep a close eye on the Niners. So, I, by the way, as we're sitting here talking, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm digging. I'm trying to go through the history of Jeep Chris to see you know, what, what he has Jeep done as an, o- as an what, offensive what coordinator. What did you find out? <laughs> so, <laughs> so he spent two years as the offensive coordinator for the San Diego Chargers in 1999 and 2000. Okay. Um, Those were the Drew Brees years? No. You wish. <laughs> um, the these are, I'll tell you the quarterbacks that he had. Wait, to wait, wait. With. Was that oh, what was his last name? Go, go ahead. I, I, I one I year in '99, he had an old at the end of his career, 36 year old Jim Harbaugh as quarterback. Right. Interesting. Uh, his running backs that season were an end of his career Natron Means. Means. Oh yeah. Along with Kenny Bynum and Jermaine Fazand. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. And then the following year. Yeah. Had this little quarterback you might have heard of, guy by the name of Leaf. Ah. Mm. Yeah, and the running backs that season were Jermaine Frizzand and Terrell Fletcher. So there's not like you have a real Sense litmus of what, test yeah, of what he can do. Right, right, right. So basically I spent all that time telling you all that to tell you that we know nothing. We know nothing. Right. Okay, got it. Well, that's good. You're still telling us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we now know more of the names from the 1999 and 2000 Chargers, though. So uh, there you yeah. go. Carlos Hyde last year, 83 carries, 333 yards. It's uh, It was good for a 4.0 um, yards per carry average. So, you know, even in limited uh, limited role, he was still relatively effective. But we shall see what he's going to do as lead back. Uh, again, I, I think you get okay value with him in the fourth. I, I feel comfortable with him in the fifth. Fabs? Mm-hmm. Still, end of the third, you still comfortable there? I said third or fourth. Okay. So right around that area. There yeah. you go. I, I think he's still going to be worth it there. All right, bounce back players. Your expectations for dot, dot, dot. And, of course, we will start with Adrian Peterson, a guy Michael Fabiano has slated Peg Love him. as the number one. Am Thanks I right, Am I right saying that? Number one uh, overall number player? One. And we talked about this the last time we, okay. uh, we got together and casted that you can pick any number of maybe four or five players as yeah. your number one overall. Agreed. And, and there's a good argument for all of them. Sure. 
Peterson, the argument against, didn't play last year. You can also say that's the argument for. I talked to D'Angelo Williams. He said, this is good for Peterson. He's rested. He's ready. He's going to be a little ticked off as all, well. All signs coming out of camp, and he's running like he hasn't missed a day. And keep practice. in mind, too, this is an offense that helped Matt Asiata finish in the top 20 in fantasy points among <laughs> running backs. Peterson's a double-digit right. touchdown lock. Yeah. He's rushed for over 1,200 yards, and every year he's played in at least 14 games. Yep. And North Turner knows how to utilize running backs. Uh, Lamont Jordan had his best year under Turner. So did Frank Gore. So did Ricky Williams. He had LaDainian Tomlinson, Emmett Smith. Love it. Yeah. I'm going AD number one all day long with confidence. I think uh, to bring it back too, it's he's actually has a little bit better of an offense now around him with sure. Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, sure. the weapons around there. And to spin it back to Carlos Hyde a little bit, the fact that an offense or an offensive line is weak in front of a running back does not immediately sp- like spell him from getting fantasy no, success. Of Lots not. of guys have had great seasons, so don't yeah. bring it back. Don't discount that. But I'm I'm with you. I think the sky's the limit for Adrian Peterson this year again in that offense. Teddy's smart with the football. I think he's going to blossom. They've got a lot of great weapons on the outside. And uh, like you said, the North Turner effect. I think it's going to be fun to watch uh, what he can do with a back as complete as Peterson. Marcus Grant? Uh, I think he's going to have a Trent Richardson-like year where he gets – no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Trent Richardson rookie season? You know, like, look, he's he's going to be fine, and he's going to be angry. And the last thing you want to deal with as a defender is an angry Adrian Peterson. I mean, it, it is literally like trying to tackle a ball of knives. Like, you, just, you want no part of that. So I think he's going to be fine. I think the, the bigger question is – do they try to work in maybe Jarek McKinnon a little bit more? Do they go with a play action, play action pass a little bit more to try to get you know Teddy Bridgewater and the passing game involved a little bit more? But I still think you're going to see Peterson with 300 plus carries. I think he's a guy who you know ends up with 13, 1400 yards and, and gets you know if he doesn't get double digit touchdowns, he'll get pretty darn close to that. I think he'll be just fine. I mean, By every- the way, the other quarterback that Crisp coached with the Chargers was Craig Willihan, which is the oh, guy that I was trying guy. to remember. He's was not good either. Oh. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, we talk about floors a lot, especially in the first round, and, and the floor for Adrian Peterson, should he stay healthy, is, is awfully high. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think you can lock him up for 1,100 yards rushing, probably 1,200 yards total, uh, and again, probably double-digit touchdowns total. Uh, I think you could pretty much. It, that's a floor. Yeah. I think that's yes. a realistic floor for him, ceiling-wise. Man, I mean the ceiling for him. Two thousand yards. I mean, you know, he almost broke the single season That's rushing right. record. So like the ceiling is What's pretty ceiling? high. Right. right. I mean, I think the ceiling for the guy is what uh, twenty one hundred total yards. That's the number one 15, overall fantasy player. Fifteen touchdowns. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's man. Uh, yeah, I, man. I, I like him as that number one pick just because of uh, of again that high floor and that high ceiling. All right, Brandon Cooks in New Orleans. Oh, I love Kenny him. Kenny Stills is when gone. When I hear that name, oh, I get excited. Kenny Stills is gone, so we can officially say, too many Cooks. <laughs> too many Cooks. To but there's Jared. not they need, now. They need, they need to get Jared Cook, and then you can have too many Cooks. Yeah, All right. Don't, don't <clears throat> mention his rookie. name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his rookie campaign, Brandon Cooks, played just 10 games. He missed the last six with a broken thumb. Uh, everything is good to go uh, from all reports. He had 53 catches last year, 550 yards, just three touchdowns. But, again, still getting acclimated to the league. Uh, was fighting off Kenny Stills for for some vertical routes. Who's he fighting uh, off now? Uh, that would be – Nobody. Oh, Come on. We're Toon. just counting Nick Toon? Nah, Nick Toon. Yes. Toon. And, by the way, 
the Saints lost 124 targets last year from Jimmy Graham and 84 oh from Stills. Hello. So, oh. And Pierre oh. Thomas's targets oh, are gone. Uh, the running back targets are gone. Oh, all boy, right. do I love Brandon Cooks. All right, you're all Don't about you it. Give me, give me some Patterson, give, me, give me some projections here, Fabs. How dare you utter that name? Perfect. Uh, I know. It, it, imagine if he has a good year this year. A Cordero? He would Ryan Matthews me and Lamar Miller me. <laughs> He might. Because I loved both of those guys. He they, might. They didn't have good years. Then the next year they were great. Yeah, he might. Hey, listen. But I like some projections for, for Cooks Brandon. is a guy who can catch 80 to 90 passes, can okay. give you around 12 to 1,300 yards, and somewhere in the neighborhood of 8 to 10 touchdowns. Jeez. Remember, you've got no Graham. You've got no Stills. You've got Cooks and a aging, uh, quickly aging, Marcus Colston. Uh, Nick Toon, as, as Marcus said. And... No one at tight end, maybe Josh Hill. Uh, you're you're not looking at very much. Um, so where are you taking him now? He is to me is a, I mean, likely to be a fourth or fifth round pick. Uh, I would guess fourth round. Those but numbers you threw I out, love though, him Fabs. though. I, I mean, love him. Those numbers you threw out. That's, I, hey, listen, because I'm throwing him out, world, doesn't mean that he's going right. to do it. No, no, no. But what I'm saying, the is, upside is there. No, but what I'm saying is that your projections for him have him going. You know, we're talking 80, 90 catches, 1,300, 1,400 yards, 10 mm -hmm. to 10 to, yep. I mean, that's a third-round selection. Yep. No. That's a third-round selection. Drew Brees is the quarterback, and there's not a lot of uh, competition for he targets He doesn't there. have a ton of name value yet. Oh, he will. But oh, he I plays he for a name-value quarterback and a name-value offense. How much will that drive up his price? Do you think uh, – will, will he survive into the fourth round, Gilhart? Um, I would be more comfortable taking him later. I don't know if he will or not because, like, all the things you said, the opportunity, the quarterback, the offense, and everything. My biggest question, though, is now with all those other people out, Cooks becomes the de facto number one receiver. And not even a question. He, he, With all the games he missed and stuff, I, I want to go back and dive into the tape a little more, but is he going to be able to do those the small things you need to be able to do to beat the number one cornerbacks on the other teams? Remember, Jimmy Graham is not occupying the entire middle of that offense. That's Marcus right. Colston is a step down. Kenny right. Stills is gone. So is he going to? He's a smaller guy, too. If exactly. He, if you know they're asking him to line up on the outside sometimes from their heavier run-heavy run heavy sets, is he going to be able to get the separation and be open to beat them on the, the tougher routes? That would be. That's why I would be slightly leery. Okay. Still, still love his potential, as Fab said. Those numbers, wouldn't be surprised. Also wouldn't be surprised if he only clocked in at like 950 on receiving yards. Oh. That would be rough. See, I have him. I, I, I have him as like a, a Julian Edelman type season where he gets a hundred catches, but okay. he has like eleven hundred yards. You right. know, because <laughs> right. I, I mean, I think what you're gonna see a lot from him is yeah, yeah. he may he may line up wide, but I don't think they're gonna expect him to be that guy who runs the entire route tree. I mean, maybe he can and maybe he will be, but I think because of his size. They won't ask him to do a lot of that. And I think what you'll see from him is getting a lot of those kind of extended handoffs. You know, he'll be, to borrow an Elliot Harrison phrase, running the one yard in and the none yard outs. I mean, it'll be a lot of those short throws okay. where, you know, I think he'll have a very good year. I think he can get, I, I think he can score, you know, 9, 10, 11 touchdowns this year because he'll get a lot of those short throws. Don't expect him to be a yardage monster. I think he'll be a, a great guy for PPR. But I think he's the kind of guy, because of his potential, and if he's a guy who can break a few here or there, I might be willing to reach for him and get him in the third round. I, yeah. I think I'd be willing to take that chance. And Breeze loves him. Yeah, you know. And, 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 and there's so many things at play. I mean, the Graham being gone, Marcus Colston being a year older, uh, you know. And I, I do think also because 
everything the Saints have done this season seems to speak to them wanting to run the football a little bit more. Uh, that means that, you know, if Mark Ingram can play like he did last year, you've got defenses creeping up, trying to load the box a little bit, and, then, and maybe that allows the Saints to kind of pop a little bit over the, the top of that front seven. I, I kind of shake my head when I hear that. The, they're going to load the box. For Mark Ingram? Okay, all right, maybe, maybe I'm a little optimistic here. All right, maybe. There were parts of the season last year where there weren't many running backs running better than Mark Ingram. With, I, in terms I agree. of vision and power and everything. So if he dropped like 150 yards on the Packers, I think, or something like that in the, the game where they beat him, I, that might have been the game where Cooks injured his thumb. Uh, I can't remember. But uh, I don't think it's that crazy to think defenses might gear up for that. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. But if you put eight guys in the box against Drew Brees, I just think, you know, again, what are defenses game planning for? They're not game planning for Mark Ingram. Well, I mean, they might if if it was some uh, if it was a different kind of offense with a different kind of quarterback. But you got Drew Brees back there under center. I, I cannot imagine any defensive coordinator uh, game planning against Mark Ingram. Likely not. Yeah, <laughs> just it could happen. <laughs> but it, it does it does speak to what you're saying, though. I, I mean, it allows Mark Ingram to be a more effective player because, as we saw early in his career, he wasn't running effectively last year in a contract year. Uh, oh, by the way, it was a contract year. Uh, he did run uh, pretty effectively, and if he's able to do that. I don't see Brandon Cooks as being a, a short uh, uh, route guy, a short yardage dude. I, I do see him trying to pop it over the top because, man, this kid's got some speed, man. He's got speed for days. So, yeah, I could see him trying to go over the top. And, and look, the offense is still uh, a vertically based offense. Uh, Drew Brees has an unbelievable touch on that deep ball, and I could see Brandon Cooks streaking downfield uh, quite a few times. I, I'm, I'm torn on Brandon Cooks. I really am. Because what what is the more effective player? If, if Brandon Cooks runs downfield, catches 60 balls, has 1,300 yards, and like seven touchdowns, but he only catches like 50 or 60 balls because that's what he does. So he's Deshaun Jackson? Right. Is he going to be a Deshaun where every week you're he might not produce, but the weeks that he does produce, you're like, holy cow, I'll take that. I think Marcus was right before. He's going to be a high volume. He's going to get right. his, his yards. So I think. I mean, I think the guy who I think the downfield threat becomes Nick Toon. I mean, he's a he's a bigger body. He's a guy who can get downfield, especially against bigger, stronger corners. I think he's that guy that they look he's to, the new, to stretch uh, the field. Every Henderson, kind of, yeah. Basically, he's that guy. You know, Josh Hill. I I, I know Josh Hill is no Jimmy Graham, but he's your big tight end that that occupies space in the center of the field. And you've got you've got Cooks to run those little quick underneath routes. Yeah, maybe occasionally he gets down the field, but I think. I think he has that extended handoff capability where they just dump it off to him and they say, all right, do some work. I would love the volume playing Brandon Cooks if he was just a bit bigger. A smallish guy like that, man, it's hard. You know, for example, last year, Kelvin Benjamin, I was super high on Kelvin Benjamin because, listen, the the, the offenses in the NFL, we know Cam Newton is going to throw the ball 500 times. Somebody's got to catch those 500 passes. Somebody. And they didn't really have a guy who was going to be a standout, Kelvin Benjamin. But, but but what I'm saying, though, is Kelvin Benjamin was a huge target with really good hands. Yes. I don't know if Brandon Cooks fits that mold. And, and Alex, you mentioned it, too. He's, he's a bit on the smallish side. So, Which, to come back, I, I don't think that's necessarily a big detractor. I am a fan of team small receiver. You look at the top of the list <laughs> – Antonio Brown, team small receiver. Good call. T.Y. Hilton, Good Randall call. Cobb, Percy Harvin, when he actually puts together a full season, <laughs> uh, is, is on that list. Kendall Wright had a good year last year. So I don't okay. think that 
excludes him from being a good deep threat or things like that. I was just saying more so we, Got need, it. we need to see it on the tape first. All right, bounce back players continued here. How about Victor Cruz in New York? He tore a platellar tendon, uh, basically his kneecap tendon there. Missed the last 10 games of 2014. That's when we saw ODB emerge. But before the injury, it's not like this guy was having a very good year. Look, 23 catches, 337 yards, one touchdown in just six games. If you were to project that out, that's like 900 yards and three touchdowns over a 16-game season. That's not great numbers. And that was also uh, BB before Beckham. Before <laughs> Beckham. Okay. <laughs> and so, Cruz's injury is scary because if you look back at the history of NFL players coming back from torn patella tendons, okay. I, I mean, Cadillac Williams comes to mind. I mean, he, he never really got his, his, uh, his groove back. And this is going to take some time. I don't think Cruz is a lock to even be ready for week one. So he is someone that you're take a flyer. You're going to be taking a flyer on. Uh, you're going to be taking him late. You're going to be taking him maybe round 13, 14, just to say, hey, okay. I think savvy drafters will. As my will. fifth wide receiver, I'll, I'll take a chance on him. I think you're right, 100% right. Savvy drafters will take him super late if they take him at all. Mm-hmm. But because of the name value, Victor Cruz, and in that market as well, you know, this guy's going – He's going to be drafted. Somebody's going to draft the guy. Me, personally, I'm not touching him because I, I'd rather just, you know, take a flyer on a, on a young player uh, like, well, maybe not Devontae Parker, but a, a young player, <laughs> a young wide receiver somewhere, a young running back somewhere. But I, he's going to be drafted. Uh, I think I think he's going to be drafted in rounds 10-11. Uh, I don't yeah, think, I that's don't think he's going to go that early. That's, but that's I just, just don't me. I don't think it's going to be a great value for him. But, uh, but what are some projections for him, Marcus? Uh, I'm, well, I'm, first off, I'm with you. I, I don't think I draft him. I don't. I don't think I'm going to touch Victor Cruz this year. I mean, I think he's a guy who comes in and and you know maybe he's you know 50, 60 catches. Maybe he's around you know 700 yards, something like that. A couple touchdowns. I mean, it's not going to be what you saw before from him. And, right. You know, and I think it's it is mostly because. I mean, partially it'll be because of, of Beckham and, and pretty much he will suck all of the air out of that offense, but partially because you just don't know how he is going to respond, how Cruz is going to respond from this injury. And everything that you've heard from the Giants has been very cautious. You Absolutely. Know, it's been very optimistic. Like right. we, we hope he can be there, right. but there's no certainty at all. In fact, I mean, not that I would draft Ruben Randall, but I would probably look at Ruben Randall before I looked at Victor Cruz this year. Interesting. All right, Gelhar, what do you think? I'm I'm with Marcus on that. I think if you do draft him, I was going to say hopefully we can caution drafters too. Yeah. Not get you know sold Don't on, get, yeah, on exactly. the name value and right. oh he's going to play with Odell Beckham. People who listen to this podcast like, are smart enough around. to know that sort of thing. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, I mean they're smart enough that they're downloading the podcast, <laughs> right? which, which everybody else should do on iTunes and everything else. That's right. Uh, however, yeah, if we're talking about flyers, I think I might rather take a, a flyer on uh, Ruben Randall or Victor Cruz. I guess flip a coin in the 14th or 15th round for depth. Uh, a little bit of a, a counter argument to that is that Eli Manning does like Victor Cruz. He, he's targeted him a bunch. Um, and, you know, again, I think the counter-argument to the Odell-Beckham thing is that, look, Beckham is going gonna, is gonna to be over the top. He's going to run those medium to, to, to long routes. But the offense that they play in is that typical West Coast short passes, safe passes. We saw re- Eli Manning really try to adjust to that. And Victor Cruz, to me, is a great slot receiver when healthy. I don't know how healthy he is, but if he was healthy – Playing in that West Coast slot offense, I'd say he, he's actually a pretty good fit. He's a pretty oh, good yeah. fit, and he's Absolutely. got good chemistry with Eli Manning. He's not a bad. He's not a bad play in PPR if he's healthy. If he's healthy, 
but we don't know. Question. We just don't know how, how healthy he's going to be this year. You know, here's the thing. As an aside, too, you mentioned you mentioned Beckham, and I know one of the things Alex and I were talking about. I think I think for everybody who is frightened of Victor Cruz, I think that's going to fuel the overdrafting of Odell Beckham this year. I, right. I, I think. I have him as a second-round guy. I think I think in a lot of leagues you're going to see him go in the first round. And I think what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to be disappointed because I think I think Beckham's numbers this year will look a lot like his numbers last year, except that they'll be spread out right over 16 games <laughs> as opposed to 12. And so people are going to look back and they'll say, man, he was a bust. He was terrible. And you're going to be like, no, he wasn't terrible. He was just so amazing last year amazing. that nothing amazing. is going to compare to that. But, I mean, uh, the, the reason I like Odell Beckham uh, – uh, I can give you like ten. <laughs> ten reasons to like Odell Beckham. He's good. He's good. He's athletic. Yeah. He makes awesome catches. He scores fantasy points. Love it. He's got cool hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically reason number one for me. Well, I know. He's got cool hair. Right. For me. I, yeah, I'm all about the hair, so I, <laughs> yeah. I, I dig the hair. But, no, I mean, Eli Manning's got a little bit of tunnel vision. I, I don't think I'm stepping out by saying that here. Okay, I don't think I'm, I'm shocking the world by saying Eli Manning's got a little bit of tunnel vision. And he's got tunnel vision for, for Odell Beckham Jr. He doesn't care if ODB is double covered. He's going to throw it down there. He doesn't care if he's triple covered. He doesn't care if Odell Beckham runs the wrong route. He's throwing it over there. Matt Stafford digs that idea. He loves that idea. <laughs> he loves that idea. Yeah, but again, I, I like ODB a lot. Um, I don't think you're out of your mind taking him uh, uh, at the end of the first round. As a matter of fact, if I'm at the end of the first round, I might do that. I might, if I'm in an expert's league, let me tell you what's going to happen if I'm at the end of the first round. Yeah, tell us your strategy right now. I'll, tell, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll gladly tell you right now. I'm taking Andrew Luck. You can have him. Hopefully if he's round. there. Go ahead. And He'll then the I will take round. Odell so back. you're saying at, at 10, the 10-11 swing? I'm doing it. I'm going quarterback, wide receiver. Wow. Super not expertise. <laughs> Super not expertise. That's like you know that's that's not advisable. No, back him in the second round. We need like a Fine. we need a we need a sound drop uh, on this show of like I don't know something like Wiley Coyote like falling off a cliff because James Co like two shows in a row now has just taken a running leap yes. toward the cliff and just jumped off. Yep, right. I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting until the end of the third round to take a running back. That's right. <laughs> and then and then we that's need right. the sound of the anvil coming down that's what and I'm hitting doing. him in the head. That is what I'm doing. So, well, right now, we don't know if he's fallen off yet. He's just holding the sign. Right. And just don't look down. Just don't look down right. before he gets You know, we've been out. we've been talking about all these drafting. Uh, and uh, you can actually, you know, I've gotten questions on Twitter. Hey, when are you guys open for, for business here? We We're are, open for man. business right now, man. Mock drafts. You could do mock drafts right now. Go to the website, nfl.com slash fantasy football. Very easy. nfl.com slash fantasy football to do mock drafts right now. And, oh, by the way, before you do the mock draft, you might want to read the draft kit, nfl.com slash draft kit. Again, nfl.com slash draft kit. Uh, Gelhar, Marcus, break down what's on the draft kit. It's a bunch of info. Everything you need to know. We've got sleepers. We've got deep sleepers, busts, bargains, breakouts. We've got draft strategies. We've got you – know, we'll have uh, Fabs mention his column about targets and right. the targets left behind. We'll have that. I mean, everything you need to know to be prepared – for your draft. Everything you need to know to be smarter than that other guy or right. girl sitting next to you, right. we've got it in our draft kit. NFL.com slash draft kit. And oh, by the way, I, I know it must be draft getting close to drafting season because I'm starting to get the angry tweets. <laughs> Are you? How can you put player X, Y, and Z on this list of X, Y, and Z? I How can you do that? I had a good one uh, over the weekend. Somebody dug up a tweet. I had They'd asked me a question back in like, 
November, December. Solid. And then they threw it back at me in June saying, hey, remember this? <laughs> Man. I'm like, what are you doing with That's your amazing. Right now? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. You, you get ahead of that by saying, listen, I messed up. I'm going to mess up. It happens. I, it happens. Cordero Patterson. <clears throat> I, I, heck, we all I refuse to admit that I mess up. You know, Until, That's what I'm going to do. I disavow all knowledge of these right, things. Right, exactly. Eh, who, right. Well, it is right. what it is. I pulled a shaggy defense. It it's, all, it's all just uh, educated guessing. Yeah, it's true. It's fun as well. All right, yeah. Dennis Pitta in Baltimore. He dislocated and fractured his hip for the second time in two years last year. It was a non-contact injury. Weird-looking injury. He just caught the ball and crumpled to the ground. Uh, but the team says he's 100% recovered. Mm, yeah, but is he 100% ready to play football? <laughs> Joe Flacco also said he's going to play into his 40s uh, earlier this week, so I don't really trust much as we'll All get right. next Out of segment. Baltimore? Right, exactly. Uh, so, uh, Dennis Pitta, uh, is he a, is he a bounce-back candidate? Uh, i got to think that Alex Gelhar's got a, l- a little bit of info here, because you've got Crockett Gilmore. I can't hear the uh, word Crockett without thinking of sunny? Miami Vice. I can't do it. Yeah. One of my favorite shows growing up. That's a little bit before. Great. That's a little bit before. Uh, not your Gel- time. Not my time. Gelhar's time. Gelhar's, yeah, Gelhar's like, a he's TV. Seen it. He's, he's, I've seen some Miami He's a TV yeah, guru. He man. is, but he's like 19 years old. Besides, you know, the, there, there's a football connection for Sonny Crockett. He played, played quarterback rece- at Florida. Or, or, uh, was he a quarterback right. or wide receiver at Florida State? I want to say he was a wide receiver. So, Let's look at that. He Let's played look at Florida up. State. Yeah, okay. we're gonna. Right, Marcus anyways, is gonna do that. Wally Alex Gelhar's gonna answer my question about Dennis Yes. TV references. I get not super relevant, but someone anyways, to get uh, a kick out of it. I'm just wor- I'm worried about Pitta. I liked him; he's a great player. Um, and the reason I had Crockett Gilmore as a deep sleeper on our last podcast was because we just didn't we didn't know anything about Dennis Pitta yet. So yeah. it's just going to be one to watch. I would still be leery, like we said in the last cast too. Uh, tight end is just a disaster sure. right now after the top couple guys. So if you want to take a flyer on Dennis Pitta and roster two tight ends to start, go for it. Don't do it. What are you talking about? Don't do that. <laughs> Don't draft. <clears throat> Listen. Drafters out there, do not draft two tight ends. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. that that's that's asking. It's kind of a waste of a, of that's a roster spot. Don't do that because there's just there's not enough depth to bother with that. Well, on the upside, guys. Last year I drafted two tight ends in a number of leagues, and the second one I took was Travis Kelsey, and that worked out pretty darn well. That's true. So we're gonna get to Kelsey. He had 800 plus yards. What five touchdowns? That's uh, not bad. Yeah, it's not bad for tight end. Not at all. That you took on in what, like, like round the, 13, yeah. 14. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. So then who was your first tight end, though, is the question. Uh, depends on the leagues. I think it's Gates <laughs> Gate sometimes, Dwayne Allen maybe. Oh, see, that's, that's not bad. Yeah. That's pretty good. Sonny Crockett was a wide receiver at Florida. Florida, yeah. Once uh, running a Florida pass, school. 92 yards with six seconds remaining in the game against Alabama. Beautiful. And catching the winning pass in the Gator Bowl. And um, he really wasn't a football player. <laughs> 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 All right. Um. But, again, uh, the guy who's who's going quarterback, wide receiver, first two rounds is telling you not to take two tight ends uh, in your fantasy. So take that for what it's worth. So, right. Okay, we move on. <laughs> Hype, trains. <laughs> Hype trains versus smoke screens. And this is basically a segment where, look, when OTAs run around, you, you start hearing crazy stuff. You start hearing cray, you start hearing cray-cray stuff. Uh, a lot of that is just smoke screens. But sometimes... It's a little bit of the hype train. You want to get on board before it gets too crazy. C.J. Spiller, apparently, reportedly, allegedly, showing well in New Orleans. Uh, Have we ever heard that C.J. Spiller looks great in the offseason ever? Like every year. <laughs> I just remember the like year. Like every year. I just remember the year had... he was going to allegedly run until he puked. Right. 
Yeah. We saw how that worked. Right. He's yeah. had one yeah. good year in his career. He, made yeah, he had like 1,700 total yards and eight total touchdowns. That was back in 2012. He wasn't terrible in 2013. He had one good year. But he wasn't He had good. one good year. 2013 was the high ankle sprain year, which for a running back, that is like – that's the if death it's, knell. Yeah, it's an injury that's not going to, like, sideline you for the season, but you're going to lose all right. effectiveness. And for a guy like Spiller, who thrives on his ability to make quick cuts and change direction and use his acceleration, having one bum ankle, like a very badly bum ankle, totally ruined his effectiveness. But it's, but it's, not, like, it's not like that's a rarity for C.J. Spiller. So I guess here's my question. Look, it's high-powered offense. I get it. He, he He's a, you know— uh, going to be a very good receiving back. They're thinking of playing him in that Darren Sproles-type role. So he's in a good offense with a good quarterback, and he's got a good role. But where do you take C.J. Spiller? What are the projections for him? Is it a hype train that you should get on, or is this just one of those preseason smoke screens? Well, let, let, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, start it up, Fabs. Here's, here's what I, I think Spiller is what he's been. He is a high-risk, high-reward player. Okay, because the risk comes from the fact that the hype is building and he's going to be drafted probably too high. Okay. Uh, and the reward is when the guy's on the field and in this offense with Drew Brees as the quarterback, yeah. there's a whole bunch of upside. Sure. Now keep in mind that the Saints lost 100 backfield targets from last year's roster in Pierre Thomas yep. and Traveris Cadet. So there's a lot of opportunity. There. Okay. I don't love Spiller in a standard league. I think he's an RB3 flex type, but in a PPR league – you could see him catching 60-plus passes in this offense, especially because they've lost so much in that passing game off the off the trade of Jimmy Graham and the trade of Kenny Stills. Yeah. So there's not a lot of solid options there in the pass attack. They're going to get him the football. I think he's going to be a better PPR option than he is in standard leagues, and I think it's still Mark Ingram in standard leagues early down work, goal line work. Uh, he's going to be the guy who's going to rush the football 250 times. When you say he's going to be drafted too early, what does that mean? Where are where are you people, projecting him, and where do you think people are going to take? Are we CJ's talking about standard, standard or are we talking about a PPR league? Standard leagues. In standard leagues, I don't even think he's worth picking in the first five rounds. Uh, I, I don't. First ten? Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. He's going somewhere between six. I would say probably somewhere between six and eight, but in a PPR league, he's probably going in the first five rounds. Okay, so let's say he's – Sitting there in the seventh round, what, does Michael Fabian? What's my scoring system? It's standard. standard league. Seventh round, are you taking C.J. Spiller? Uh, I would say as a three slash four, I probably would. I'd rather take him as a four because remember my strategy is load up on running backs. You know why that's you know, so. what he just said scares me. You know why? There's nobody more hot and heavy for running backs than Michael <laughs> Fabian. But we're talking about Nobody. standard scoring no, no, I understand. and a guy who's disappointed no, no, in every year I, but I, one. And, and, and to piggyback on that idea, Fabs, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying is you are very uh, uh, invested in running backs. In round seven, you're saying this guy, you'd be more comfortable with him as an RB4. Three. three or RB4. Four. Three or three four. Or four. Depending on how so, many running backs you draft. You right. know what that tells me? That tells me I'm not drafting the dude. That's what that tells me. Because whatever the price is, I think it's going to be too high. Mm-hmm. See, now I feel like I, I, I'm kind of on board with this, but I'm on board with the thought that I have diminished expectations for C.J. Spiller. Okay. I mean, this isn't a couple years ago. I, you know, I, you, we, we all made the joke about he's going to run the ball till he pukes, and then you no, know, nothing not. really happened. Right. You know, we all got disappointed. Okay. But now he comes into the situation in New Orleans, 
One, playing with the best quarterback he's ever had in his career. No question. Playing in the best offense he's ever been in, no in his career. Playing on that turf in New Orleans where a guy with a lot of quickness and agility can really succeed mm-hmm. eight games a year. Plus, you know, well, I figure he's got two more games or one more game in Atlanta on that turf there. Getting away from um, the cold as well. Right, getting out of that. So I feel like there are there are advantages, but at the same time, we're not expecting him to go out and rush for, you know, 900 or 1,000 yards. You know, if you're looking at him as a guy who can catch 60 passes, maybe – pick up about, you know, seven, 700 yards receiving, you know, score five or six touchdowns receiving, maybe get another maybe another touchdown or two on the ground. If you're looking at him as a guy that you're going to play as a flex option, I'm all, I'm all about that. So, I'm on board with that. So flex option. So, so what are we talking here? What are some realistic expectations for C.J. Spiller? I mean, we're talking – I mean, I get it. 60 catch. That's – first of all, that's, that's a ton. That's conservative. I think that's a 60s conservative in that offense. Yeah, uh, that, in that offense, that's, that's, that's probably Darren, his floor. Yeah, Darren Sproles, the last three years he was there, averaged 77 catches a year. I agree. And that was He's not Darren Sproles. One year, Pierre Thomas had 70 can be, well though. in that okay. offense. All right. I think All right. he can be. So, so, so give me some numbers. Where's some? I mean, we're, we can't talk about rushing yards. What are some scrimmage yards for this guy? 1,000? 1,100? I think he'd get 1,000. 1,200? I think he'd get 1,000 yards. Yeah, I think 1,000 yards, scrimmage yards, and I'll give him six touchdowns. That, that's if, a bunch. If I, that's your flex, that's I think. A solid flex. I think he can do better than a thousand scrimmage yards, to be quite honest okay. with you. Um, but if we're drafting, I think there's a zero percent chance we're, he gets six touchdowns. If we're drafting purely on upside, I mean, drafts would look completely different. So <laughs> uh, Spiller is a guy who has disappointed us. He's in a great situation, the best yeah. situation he's ever been in his career. Yep. Uh, he's not exactly durable. No. You have to think about that too. Exactly. So. Well, and that's what and that's what I'm talking about. And again, we're in the how often in fantasy do we project out who's going to be the number one, two guys? And it's always some random dude who emerges as an actual number two guy or an actual number one. Nobody had C.J. Anderson circled on their pre-draft right. roster, including Justin myself. Forsett. Actually, one, one, one person <laughs> uh, did, and his name was Adam Rank. Adam Rank, yeah. <laughs> Adam Rank was the guy. C.J. Anderson. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Cal players. To, I wasn't thinking C.J. Anderson. Or Justin for so again guys emerge and to me uh, CJ CJ Spiller not CJ Anderson CJ Spiller yeah I think you're right I, you know I, if everything falls in place 1100 yards five touchdowns I think is realistic for him I don't think he's gonna get there so I'm not really I'm not really thinking uh, about spending an eighth round draft pick on this guy seventh round draft sixth round draft PPR I, I agree with you Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 50, 60 catches, I think it's totally realistic. I, it's a ton still, but I, I think it's totally realistic. Uh, but again, and, and so that to me w- would raise his floor, uh, and I'd be more comfortable drafting him I- in the sixth, seventh round. But mm-hmm. standard leagues, man, I, I, you mentioned six touchdowns, Marcus. Yeah. I cannot see the dude getting six oh, touchdowns. Oh, I totally can. In that I, offense? In that offense? Yeah. Absolutely. Plus, plus, I think if we're looking at him as a flex, what you're hoping for is he finishes in the range of uh, RB20 to 30, okay. which is where historically a lot of these PPR third down backs like Danny Woodhead's, uh-huh. uh, you know, Shane Vereen's and uh, the Darren Sproles of the world and Pierre Thomas will slot in. Sure. They'll finish as a running back 22, which is if you're getting that in the eighth round for your occasional flex, I think that's pretty good. He depth. also benefits from some of the same things we said about Brandon Cooks. I mean, all those targets that are gone, that are open there in New yeah. Orleans, they got to go somewhere. Okay. So... There you go. What are you guys trying to get me on the hype train here? Yep. Okay. Get on board. All right. I'm going to say smoke screen. Hype train, smoke screen. Marcus. I'm going, I'm going hype train. Alex. I'm getting on the train. 
Fab's PPR train. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, is he ready to break out? Uh, this is a guy that was uh, actually a, a, a pretty solid performer, especially in the back half of the season. He had stretches of being really good. Yes. And really consistent. Right. But when he wasn't good, he really wasn't yeah, good. I 100% That's agree That's the that. problem He's with He's still it. learning the position, scary, as scary as it is to say. Gaining a rapport with a whole new core of wide receivers, a new tight end. But he's um, got better weapons this yes. year on, yep. on the perimeter. Yep. Uh, Kenny Stills, yep. a true vertical threat. Um, I don't believe – I mean, Mike Wallace was supposed to be that guy last year. That didn't pan out. I think Kenny Stills has got more speed than him, and I think he might be more – I don't want to say this. He want, he might be more focused on the team uh, uh, than Mike Wallace is. Uh, and so Ryan Tannehill working with some of these younger guys. Jarvis Landry's got another uh, year under his belt. Um, it's interesting. Jay Ajayi down there as well. Uh, it's a good, uh, good I'm going to mess up that name so many times. <laughs> a good compliment to Next that uh, uh, Miami backfield. Ryan Tannehill. Um, I think we can all agree here, yes, that he's uh, pretty much a lock to be around that number 10 quarterback mark. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's a top 10 quarterback. Okay, so, yeah. so now let's get aggressive. Who here is willing to say he can be a top seven guy? Oh, I am. I mean, he was a, he was a top seven guy. He was number seven last year. Okay. So I think seven he, or eight. he was, uh, he was number seven last year. Okay. No, let's I'm sorry. Go. I'm sorry. He was number eight. Okay. So let's go a little further. Is he a top six guy? Yeah, I'll say it. I'll say it. Okay. No, no, because here's the thing. Because I, I am on, I am, I am on the Ryan Tannehill hype train. Okay. I really am because I, I do like what, what he did last year, what you saw from him last year, and I think the Dolphins have kind of figured out that. You know, they had this idea they would bring in Mike Wallace. He'd be the deep threat. They'd have some big connection. They would play. You know, right. it'd be like that old style Al Davis, like vertical football. Okay. That's not going to happen. I think they've, they've kind of retooled this offense a little bit. I mean, I like what Bill Lazor is doing down there with that offense, but they, they've got some guys that will, are better at running intermediate routes. I mean, we saw what Jarvis Landry did last year. Alex mentioned that Kenny Stills has broadened his ability so that he's not just running wind sprints down the sideline all the time. So right. there are opportunities there. Jordan Cameron bringing him in at the tight end spot. If he can stay healthy for you know 12 to 14 games, that adds another dimension to that passing game. We're getting a little aggressive there. Well, I know what it is. Stay healthy for eight games. Okay, well, whatever. Okay. We'll take that too. But <laughs> and, let's, and let's not forget the fact Tannehill can get out and run too. That's so the, you know that's that, the underrated part. That's of the his part game, that we don't talk about a especially lot, especially in fantasy. You know, I mean, this guy last year ran for 300 yards, had right. a you know rushing touchdown. Yeah. So you know, I, you know, we're not going to confuse him with Russell Wilson no. or Colin Kaepernick, but he can get out of the pocket and make some plays with his yeah. legs. And I think that's a reason. Combine that with the fact that you look at some of the other guys who've been in the top five for a while. I mean, Peyton Manning is getting older. Yep. Drew Brees is getting older. I mean, yep. Tom Brady wasn't a top five guy, but he's a guy who's going to miss, you know, looks like four games. Manning's 39. Brees is 36. You know, so Tom is 38. Yeah. Okay. So some of these guys who have been perennial top five quarterbacks are going to start to fall out, and somebody's got to replace them. And I like Ryan Tannehill to be one of those guys. You know guys how who Ryan Tannehill in. is a top five fantasy quarterback? If you rank them based on the hotness of their watch. <laughs> So let's go. Let's wait a minute now. So, speaking of heat, so can you we get a so fan? Got, Marcus uh, is getting hot. Got, got, all right, you got Lauren Tannehill, right? You got Brady's got Giselle. Is that number one? That's got to be number one. You think so? How how does it get? All right, and then wait, Aaron, Rod Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend is Olivia Munn. Right. So very cute girl. Okay. So uh, so it's it's Giselle. Giselle's number Fine. one. I mean, she's a supermodel. Lauren bro. Tannehill. Come on, bro. Lauren Tannehill too, or, or you know, what are, what are we talking about here? Tony Romo. Very Tony attractive Romo's wife. Wife is very right. Attractive. She was Miss Missouri, I think. Right. Oh, was she? I think so. She's a pageant queen. Yeah. Okay. 
So I know I went completely off the rails. Fab's been doing a little bit of different research. This is a this is a fantasy football show. It's fantasy, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, bro, different kind of fantasy. What do you think? What do you think? Different, different kind of fantasy. All right, right. When you dial one eight hundred fantasy, okay, that's not going to take you to a fantasy football. It's not coming to us. That's not. That's not where that's going. Four ninety nine a minute. That's. I wish I could charge four ninety nine a minute, but fantasy no, advice? That, that's, that's <laughs> get a lot not... more angry tweets. From <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Back on the right. Tannehill subject. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's a top ten quarterback who you're not going to have to draft until after round ten, uh, which is why you wait on a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but but again, let's get back to this here. Top six quarterback. Are you? Are do you think he can approach that? He was seventh or eighth last year, so yeah, two spots. Sure. I mean, that's not that. Can big I of go a further? Jump. Can I go further? That's not that big of a jump. Sure. Top five? Anybody? I'll put him. I'll put him top. I'll put him at five. That's that's as high as I'm willing to go with with, uh, with Ryan Tannehill. So look, I'm gonna go. So we go. Uh, Listen, if Aaron Justin Forsett can be a top ten running back, then Ryan Tannehill could be a top. A- anything can happen in the national. Right. There's no question. Anything. But who's who's comfortable saying he's he could be a top five? I'll say it. He. I, I'm comfortable saying he could be a top five quarterback this year. Alex Kellar has been amazingly silent. Well, I was just <laughs> trying not to get burned by Marcus's uh, like swell of passion over here for Ryan Tannehill. Um, Sure. Top five? top five. That is the most I, tepid top five. Response. I like I like him a lot too. I think Marcus's point is that somebody's going to rise up eventually, and if it's not this year for Tannehill, I don't think it'll ever be because he's got all the weapons he could need. He should be hitting his stride. They just give him a new contract. All right, where do you take him then? I would love him, like Fab said, around round ten or something. Yeah, like he's that. Yeah. he's going to be drafted somewhere in that area around ten to twelve, and it, it has nothing to do with how good or bad he is. Sure. I mean, rounds I, ten just, or twelve. If you if you have him in rounds ten, to I'm thrilled. 12. I, I think yeah, you're guy, thrilled. I think that's, he's a guy that's who an outper- amazing value. I think he's a guy who outperforms his his draft position this year. You There's know who always quarterbacks. That's gonna, that's what I'm saying. He's gonna. But what what you're saying by him being a top five guy, he's gonna outperform guys like Matt Stafford. Well, yeah, that's that's, that's a given. given. Yeah, that's a given. <laughs> I mean, he did last year. Why wouldn't he do it he's again? He's gonna this outperform year? guys like Eli Manning, who again, these guys are gonna get drafted ahead of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Because yeah. Tannehill doesn't have that name. I mean, who would you rather have as your number one quarterback, Ryan Tannehill or Eli Manning? Hmm. That's a tough call for me. I have, I I've have got Tannehill. him ranked about the same. I have Tannehill. Yeah, they're they're close, but I'd, I'd go Tannehill. I think I'd have Tannehill over, like over Eli youth. Manning. you got to like the mobility because <laughs> Eli, right. does, aside from his two or three-step drops out of the shotgun, he's not, he's not running All right, very so much get, for you. So given the price, uh, we'll say round 10, Ryan Tannehill, hype train, smoke train. Choo, choo, choo. <laughs> Alex I'm 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 on the train with Marcus. Fabs round ten. Tannehill, hype train, smoke screen. Well, round ten, I I'll take him all day long. Okay, I think he might go. even fall a few rounds uh, <laughs> later. Uh, you might be right. Ryan uh, Lashawn McCoy to get 300 plus carries. Uh, oh, that's smoke screen. That's that's. Tra- first of all, I don't. I, I, that's what a I don't, lock. First of all, first of all, I don't understand. I don't understand what the big deal is. The guy's gotten 300 carries. Am I wrong? Yeah, Am I wrong? he had over 300 carries he's last three, year. Last, last, he's in the last two league. years, he had. I think right. he had 312 last year. So he's got 300 plus carries for two straight seasons. I don't understand why this is a big deal. Uh, when Buffalo says they're going to give him the rock 300 times. Because everybody says that. I mean, you know, plus, has he ever had a guy, and I know Fred Jackson is not the same guy he was before, but no. every year we count out Fred Jackson. I'm a Booby Dixon, no? And then every year Fred Jackson gets like 150 carries, right. you know? Right. And he surprises all of us. And I, I do think, you know, you've got Fred Jackson there. They're also going to find ways to get Percy Harvin the football. You know, they've got to do. Do they, got, though? Uh, 
I mean, yeah. do they? they don't have to, but I think they will. <laughs> you know, look, Rex is all about ground and pound, <laughs> and I think they're going to find ways to get the ball in Percy Harvin's hands. They're going to find ways to, to try and, and run the ball between the tackles, which isn't necessarily LaShawn McCoy's strength. Right. Uh, you know, so I think they're going to find different things to do. I, you know, I, I think he gets close. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get the 300 carries this year. I mean, if he oh. ends somewhere around 285, 290, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, in, 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 in a lot of people's minds, getting – LaShawn McCoy, something like 275 carries, is actually probably better for him, right, in a lot of ways, could because be. he could be more effective with those 275 carries than if he got 350 carries. Dude, they're going to run him into the ground. They paid him a lot of money. They did. And they, Rex Ryan they gave up. Uh, they loves to run the ball. If you look at what he did with the Jets, in all but one year, the Jets were top six in, in rush attempts, and... I don't – listen, um, Booby Dixon is fun to say. Fred Jackson <laughs> has been a, a really good running right. back in the past. Yep. This is the LaShawn McCoy show, in my opinion. All right. What does that mean? Uh, is he a top five player overall? No. I, mean, you, you I have him draft – I have him uh, as a late first-round draft pick. Man. All right. Just for reference, last year, right. only two running backs, top 300 carries. Yep. McCoy at Sean? 312, yep. DeMarco at 392. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, what a gap. Where was, where was Marshawn Lynch on that list? I uh, thought he had 280. He had a couple games where he had bubble guts and yeah. like sat down for a quarter. Right. You know, so. okay. <laughs> bubble guts is never fun. <laughs> <laughs> never fun. It's a technical term, right? <laughs> it is. That, that is a medical term. Because yeah. that always turns into mud butt. Oh, bubble guts. Oh, <laughs> boy. Wow. Okay, I don't know where we're going with this podcast. <laughs> this podcast might be shut down. LaShawn, LaShawn McCoy, 300-plus uh, carries, hype train, smoke screen, Mark Screen. I'm going smoke screen. Smoke screen. Oh, yeah. Alex? I can't even see you sitting in front of me right now, James. Fabs, hype train, you're on it. McCoy, he, of course he's going to get over 300 carries. I think he gets 300 as well. All right, Monty Ball, the 1B to C.J. Anderson's 1A. I'm not even sure. Uh, is this a debate? I mean, this is 100%. Monte Ball burned all of us, at least nope. most of us. Nope, he didn't burn me. Last year. <laughs> he didn't burn me. Monte Ball. Here's the thing. Here's nope. the argument. You know what? There was a Denver Broncos running back who was a very good fantasy player last year. It just was the wrong guy. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't on it. I, I, I was 100% against Monte Ball. I feel like him saying he's the 1B to, to C.J. Anderson's 1A is suggesting they're going to have a similar number of carries. That's what I'm saying. And No way. No. 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 Negative. No. Ronnie Hillman was better than Monte last year. I mean, when you have like a 1A, like last year, Joyke Bell and Reggie Bush, that was like a 1A, 1B situation. It was. That was a lot more even. This is going to be C.J. Anderson smoke and screen. Then smoke screen. Smoke, smoke screen. Uh, I say smoke unless he's considering everybody gets a 1 on the depth chart, like Got participation <laughs> yeah. trophies right. kind of thing. Right. So that's the only way it's, it's not a smoke June. screen. Uh, smoke. June. Yep, it's I agree with that. Okay, Bengals backfield, though. This is a little bit more interesting. Uh, it's supposed to be a quote-unquote balanced attack. Jeremy Hill, last nine games, 900 yards, six touchdowns. He had four games of 145 yards or more. Four of the last nine games, he was putting up crazy yardage. And again, those touchdowns too, man. Holy cow. Uh, Gio Bernard, he battled injuries all last year, but still actually put up okay numbers. Over 1,000 scrimmage yards. Seven total touchdowns. In PPR, he was more effective. He had 43 catches. Um, do we believe this? A 50-50 split in the Bengals. Battle. I don't know if you're going 50-50, but I think, and this is the one, I love I loved, uh, Hill's 
potential. Uh, he showed that he could be a, a true bruiser and a featured back in the league last year. No question. But every single team will preach about how running backs are just so valuable and you have to make sure that you don't overwork one of them. So could it go 55-45? Sure. Uh, it, it absolutely could. Gio Bernard's a good player. Yeah. He's a really good player. And he was the guy before he got hurt last year. And by, he, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. He was hurt last year as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Marcus Grant, where do you go? I, is look, it a 50-50? No, I don't think it's 50-50. I think, if anything, it is like 60-40 uh, in, in, in favor of Jeremy Hill. I, I, I just felt like coming in to last season, there was talk that, sure, it's Gio's job now, but eventually you know, they feel like Jeremy Hill's the wave of the future and he's going to take over that job. And I think it happened sooner than we expected it to, partially right. because of the, the injury. injury. Right. But now that it's that way, why are we going to go back to what it was before? I mean, look, uh, running back situations are not backwards compatible. Like, I mean, this thing has gone down the road, and I don't see it coming back the other way. You know what I think is compatible, though, is these two skill sets in the backfield, and that's the way it could be balanced. We're not saying carries are going to be a 50-50 split or 60-40, but just touches and use out of the backfield, I think there's going to be opportunities for both of them to eat and probably finish in the top 20, 25. Touches, overall touches, 50-50 more. I think it's close. I think Hill has more, I think. Hill is not an awful pass catcher. If I remember correctly, I think he had 32 catches last year or something like that. It wasn't that It wasn't that bad. Uh, 32 targets, 27 catches. There you go. I know there was a 32 in there. Yeah, it's not bad. So um, he's he's not, he's he's kind of like, you know, Eddie Lacy. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Let he's me extol the virtues of, so. of Jeremy Hill. Anyone who runs that violently, that good, that well, that explosive – and again, as you said, he's not a liability on, on, on passing downs either. I think the Bengals would be foolish, would be foolish not to be running these guys out there uh, in tandem together all the time. And maybe Gio Bernard slips out into the slot. Maybe he does that. I don't know. But the bottom line is get both of these guys on the field uh, because they are two of your top three most explosive players on the field. With A.J. Green out there as well, look – you could maybe possibly stack the box, yes. But the fact of the matter is you're going to have to play pretty honest because the offense is pretty balanced. I mean, I don't know how balanced Jeremy Hill-Geo Bernard split's going to be, but I'll tell you what, I'm super on board with the Jeremy Hill hype train. And again, I've basically said Jeremy Hill is going to have better numbers than Arian Foster. I've said that oh, wow. straight up. Ooh. And I will – and, and, and This is what we really need, that Coyote sound. <laughs> <laughs> the way James he's is going a big, this episode. He's a big reason why I'm comfortable taking a running back uh, late in the third round. My first running back late in the third round. Heck, it might be Jeremy Hill. If I get a, a, a core of, of ODB – Andrew Luck and Jeremy Hill, you know what? I, I, I'm doing dances, man. I'm doing a jig. I, I like it. I, I'm feeling very comfortable with that. I really like Jeremy Hill this year, and again, he's one of the big reasons why I think he's going to outperform some of these guys that we see so in the in the first round. Backtrack. You're thinking you could get Jeremy Hill at the end of the third round? Are we going with your hypothetical? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are I don't you, think he uh, makes it to you there. Something. <laughs> it's it's a smoke, smoke screen. Smoke screen. Apparently, shot. Where no it, shot. No he's, shot. He's going he at the going? end of the first round or the beginning of round. No, he'll three. be he'll, he'll be gone like the latest mid second round. Yep, mid second. Yep. The latest okay. mid second. All right. Wow. All right. 
<laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> we just, we just <laughs> rained on his parade yeah, so seriously. hard there. Well, wow. That, that deserved that, to get rained on. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was like me trying to draft all Cal players in our in our fantasy mock draft, and you guys would just not allow me to do that. That's Couldn't. not cool. You can have Richard Rodgers. That was not – I took Richard Rodgers every mock draft. <laughs> 15th round, I took him every single time. All right, listen, uh, let's play a little game of either or. Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. We'll go, we're going to do this one quick. Oh, by the way, uh, I keep forgetting here. Mock drafts available right now, NFL.com slash fantasy football. You can do mock drafts right this second, NFL.com slash fantasy football. I did one before we came up here for the podcast. But before you do that, you might want to get educated, edumacated. NFL.com slash draft kit for our full rundown of sleepers and top draft picks, Bust players that could possibly emerge as well. Anyways, all the good stuff there on NFL.com slash draft Very quickly, let's do a little game of so, either or. Drew are we Brees, going to get Manning? Uh, should we just say which name we pick? Are we going that quick? Or are you going to give us like one sentence? Uh, one sentence. Name, right. explanation, we move on. Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. We'll start with you, MG. I'm going with Drew Brees. I, I just I feel more confident that he's going to be consistent over the course of 16 games. Wow. All right. Um, Drew Brees, got to go with the younger arm. What? <laughs> younger by like seven months. Hey, or something. hey. younger is <laughs> younger, man. Yeah, younger, I guess so. younger is younger. True. That's true. <laughs> uh, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Fabs. I'm going Peyton Manning. I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was at the end of last year. So God either. willing. Yeah, I'm going to go. Peyton, I'm going to go. Peyton <laughs> and he still got all the great weapons. I agree. I, I think he's got a more balanced attack. I, I like Peyton Manning. I, I'll take Peyton Manning over mm-hmm. Drew Brees. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, Matt Forte. I love this question, man. This is a good one. Fabs, we'll start with you. Well, dude. Lynch is my guy, man. I, yeah, I said last year yeah, I loved is. him. I wasn't afraid of him. And Matt Forte is not catching 102 balls. Nope. I'll run to Chicago if he catches 102 balls, and that's not going to happen. Because <laughs> Save that drop. Because Save that drop. Because Mark Trestman is no longer the, the head coach there and uh, by default the OC there. Forte is a bit of a risk to see his numbers drop. I'm going Lynch. I'm going Lynch all day. Go Bears. That's all the explanation <laughs> Uh, Alex Gilhar. I'm going to go Lynch. Love beast mode. Forte scares the bejesus out of me this year. <laughs> that new offense, yes? That that has aged. The, the other guys they brought in, every, all the above. I think Adam Rank might be mad at you. All right, uh, Marcus Grant. I'm going to be the contrarian here. I'm going to go with Matt Forte. Yes, okay. he's not going to catch 102 passes, but there's no real – there's no real threat to take any touches away from him in that backfield. Lynch has to deal with either Robert Turbin or Kristen Michael stepping in for him. Every you don't time. like Jeremy Langford? And, and Jacquez Rogers is actually a really good Blah. pass protector, and Forte is not. Blah. So we'll see. Uh, the, we'll the, see. You mean the same Robert Turbin and Kristen Michael that Marshawn Lynch has beat away with <laughs> in the last like, right. three years? Plus, every time we're all like, oh, look out for Bobby Turbin or Kristen Michael, and Lynch is just eh. throws bags of Matt Forte out. doesn't have to pass protect. They just dump it off to him when you know Cutler's in <laughs> trouble. Just here, take it. Which is right. uh, which is all the time, by the way. Jordan <laughs> Matthews versus Brandon Cooks. Uh, Marcus Grant. Ooh, this one's tough. I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks. I just uh, I think the ceiling is, is really high for him because I think he's going to be the number one. I know Matthews is number one, but I, I, I like Cooks to get more targets this year. Alex? Jordan Matthews, I believe, in Chip Kelly. Dude, Jordan Matthews all day for me. I said it. Dude, Jordan Dude. Matthews <laughs> all day. Matthews last year, uh, you know, limited time, limited opportunities. He had eight touchdowns. I mean, come on. He's a big target. He's fast. He's got great hands. He's the number one. There's no Jeremy Macklin. I'm I'm using too many sentences. That's, that's we'll the longest run on sentences. <laughs> yeah, so uh, all right, we'll just you know let's look at. I like both guys, um, but let's look at it. Okay, opportunities might be the same. Uh, Peps is either or, not, not quarterback. <laughs> quarterback. 
Drew Brees or Mark Sanchez and Sam Bradford? No <laughs> comparison. It's Cooks. Okay. No compare. Wow. Okay. I'm going Jordan. So we, we're split on this one. All right. Greg Olsen, Travis Kelsey. I like this one. This one's an interesting one. Fabs, I'll start with you. I'm going to go Olsen, but I like Kelsey too. It's Olsen's going to see targets. Kelsey's going to see targets. But it's either or. It's not both. No, I like them both, but I'm going Olsen. Okay. Yeah. He's 30. Kelsey's 25. 30. What? Thir- is 30 old? I don't know. Does that apply to tight ends? No, it's <laughs> Isn't Antonio Gates like 53? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give or is. take. Still effective as yeah, well. Give or yeah. take. Um, oh, I'm torn on this one. I'm going to go. Uh, I will go Travis Kelsey because I tend to go young players. So I'll go Travis Kelsey. You like him young? Stop it. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, 862 yards last year, five touchdowns. Entering year number three, 25 years old. Oh, coach. I'm, Just laugh. I'm going Travis Kelsey. When it comes to a position like this, I'd kind of rather go upside. Yep. Uh, I'm taking a tight end that plays with a quarterback who doesn't throw the ball more than seven yards down the field. So, <laughs> Travis Kelsey for me. <laughs> All right, very good. Although, I think Antonio Gates probably is the – I don't know if he's – he might be the exception to the rule, the the old man rules there. Uh, Eli Manning, Matt Stafford. Manning, uh, 4,400 yards, 30 touchdowns, 14 picks last year. Stafford, 4,200 yards, 22 touchdowns, 12 picks. He had a down year for sure. Who are we taking? Eli Manning, Matthew Stafford. I'm going to go with yeah, Stafford. Oh! Uh, it was tough. It was tough. You oh. know, I think, you know what? And what wins out for me is okay. having both Megatron and Golden Tate, especially what after after what Tate did last year Great versus, uh, you know, point. Beckham versus who knows what Victor Cruz is going to be. Mm-hmm. All right. Alex? I'm going Eli. Never thought, never, never thought I would say that, but um, <laughs> Ben McAdoo offense, Shane yeah. Breen, Odo Beckham, Ruben Randall, whatever like Victor that. Cruz adds. Good situation. I think it's the second year under uh, McAdoo's system. I think Eli Manning flourishes. I really like Eli Manning. I think he can crack into the top five. I've got him pegged as my number five uh, quarterback this year. I really like him, and especially at the the value, the draft position that you're going to be able to get him at, I really like Eli Manning. I'm going Stafford. You like Stafford. Why do you like Stafford? Uh, because I like him more than Eli Manning. Okay. <laughs> that's why I'm picking Stafford. Hey, that's his best either-or answer yet. I like it. Darren McFadden, Andre Ellington. McFadden, 27 years old, 155 carries last year, 500 yards, two touchdowns. Ellington, believe it or not, 26 years old, 200 carries, 660 yards last year, three touchdowns. He also added 46 catches and 400 yards. He had a pretty – he had, but despite all the injuries, he actually had an okay season last year. Uh, but, uh, again – Ellington or McFadden, where are you going? McFadden's not even going to be the starter. That's going to be Joe Randall. It's Ellington. Um, I'm going to go. You know, can I pass? Real no, 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 you cannot okay. pass. All right, uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Ellington uh, again. He's got a little bit less tread on the tires, obviously. I think he be, is going to be healthy this year. Hopefully, he doesn't deal with that foot problem all year like he did last year. And again, despite the injuries, he was actually an okay player. Uh, an okay flex player last year, so I'll go Ellington this year. Uh, I think I'll go McFadden. Quick aside, heavily abusing the semicolons in your one <laughs> sentence answers there. I'm or the host of the show, or. dang it. I do uh, what I want. I think uh, I think it's going to be close. I like Ellington. He's slid into the top 25 running backs each of the last two years, but um, got to go with Darren McFadden because why not? Yeah, I mean, I don't think Cowboys old line, baby. Yeah, see, I don't think this is going to be as one-sided as you know, as Fabs may believe it is. I, I, I'm going to go Ellington, but I think McFadden's going to have a really good year. I just do think that Andre Ellington's going to be healthy, and and he's going to get the better end of this one. Jarvis Landry, Andre Johnson. 
Jarvis Landry, 758 yards last year, five touchdowns. Johnson, actually, surprisingly, I don't know he had this many yards, but he had 936, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it seemed like a lot for Andre Johnson. Three touchdowns, but... He is now with Andrew Luck. Uh, who do we like, Landry or Johnson? Uh, I'm gonna, as much as I love Jarvis Landry and what I think the Dolphins can do, I'm going Andre Johnson yep. partially because Andrew Luck. No doubt. You know? Uh, what do you think, Wiz? I'm going to say Jarvis Landry right now. He was a man crush of mine last year. Um, and I, I don't know. Just got a gut feeling on that one. Uh, I'm going to go Andre Johnson. I really think this is going to impact negatively T.Y. Hilton. I know they fit, picked up Philip Dorsett as well in the draft. I think Andre Johnson becomes an awesome, awesome possession receiver. I love him in PPR this year, although the yardage probably won't be there as well. But, uh, Fabs, how about yourself? I'm going with A.J. Uh, typically, I go with the younger player with more upside. Sure, no question. But um, there's a lot of mouths to feed in Miami. And Andre Johnson is probably going to be on a mission this year after a lot of people in Houston said that he was done. And there's a lot of targets left over from Reggie Wayne's departure. So I think he sees plenty. And again, I mean, the guy said it, Andrew Luck. Um, last question. Ant-Man, who's going to go see it? Not me. Yeah, not me. Either. I'll go know. see it, but I don't even. I've never even really heard of Ant Man, but it's a superhero thing, so I'm gonna go. You're gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I went to see Watchmen, and I'd never heard of them before because it's read the book. The book is phenomenal. Yeah, the okay. book is way better than absolutely. The, movie. Okay. the movie was uh, one of the best ever. A drudgery. Uh, oh it, yeah. The, the the thing I remember most about it, I can't say on the air, and it was <laughs> disturbing. Let's leave it at that. Disturbing I'll go the see whole it as well. way through. Ant Man. How excited are you about it? Uh, moderately. Moderately? Average. Average. Look, it's it's Marvel. Even at their worst, I think they're going to be better than a lot of other people. It's like, it's June, right? The countdown to Star Wars has begun. Holy Pretty much. Hell. All I other am. movies don't matter. Pretty much. Uh, look, Star Wars to me, I, <laughs> you know what? My wife saw the trailer for. So we went to go see uh, Age of Ultron finally last weekend, and uh, my wife saw the, the trailer for Star Wars. She's like, "Ah, that doesn't look that great." I'm like, "Are we watching the same trailer? Wow, is it? What are we talking about? That might, looks you, amazing." You guys might need to go to couple stands. <laughs> <Yeah. Same. laughs> It looks amazing. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for us. Where's that music at, man? you got to cue me out of here, bud. There, there it, it is. Woo! All right. For Marcus Grant, Alex Gelhar, and Michael Fabian, I'm James Cole. Remember, go to the website, NFL.com slash fantasy football, NFL.com slash draft kit. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.